Ladies and gentlemen, it is 10.45 at night on December 17th. I am just returning home from viewing Star Wars The Force Awakens with 50 of my closest friends and a theater full of new fans. And we had an amazing event. Prizes were given, children were made happy, and many wonderful things took place. But most of all, we did a live broadcast in the lobby of the historic Pickwick Theater, a building that was built in 1928 and is in a good old movie house to host a film of this magnitude. Now, if you want to get our reactions, if you want to know what happened, the last few minutes of this podcast, and we'll give you a warning when it happens, are spoilerific. There are a lot of things we talk about. In about 12 minutes, we get to the big twists, all of that. So we'll warn you when that's about to happen. Otherwise, please enjoy this episode of the Chicago Podcast Network out front, live at the movies. And uh, please enjoy, subscribe on iTunes and Podcast Addict. You can find us there. Thank you so much for listening. And to everybody who came out, I hope you had a great time. And we'll be doing it again. Find us on Facebook and Twitter under Chicago Podcast Network. And uh, we'll let you know where to come see us next. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to our special live recording here in this cathedral of entertainment, this amazing structure we find ourselves in today. And joining me over the interwebs and over Skype, ah, no, that's a lie, he's sitting right next to me, ladies and gentlemen, my partner, my uh, friend, and uh, travel companion, AJ Signeri. AJ, do what you do, baby. That would be Jawa for hi, people. So... AJ, we did it. Yes, we did. You did a fantastic job in doing this. I appreciate that, but you, you're you here, we're here, and we have some things to live up to. First of all, ladies and gentlemen, we have our Return of the Jedi review discussion to do. Yes. We're probably not going to spend as much time on that as we should. No. Because we are here. That's we right. are at the Pickwick Theater in Park Ridge, Illinois, 5 Prospect Drive, Look at this place, man. Look at this lobby. I mean... It's a very beautiful theater, a 900-seat theater right across from us and everything. Uh, we're hoping to get crowds of people coming here pretty soon and everything. Um, we have giveaways here, Nick, and we're also doing a raffle on that and everything. And um, we're going to have a great time talking about... Star Wars. Star Wars. We're here. We're here. It's the night. We uh, are expecting some people to join us, and uh, we're going to have some surprise guests, mainly people from my life, people from my many years of friendship. And uh, I got to tell you, though, AJ, I, I, there's one person missing, and I want to give him the special shout-out. My, my best friend growing up, my nerd sensei, the one who made it okay for me to love Star Wars, my good buddy Tony Wallace, who lives in Washington, D.C., and I just wanted to give him that special shout-out, because without him, we ain't here. That's right. So... We find ourselves today, ladies and gentlemen, in what is going to be something special, but let's do what we've been doing. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, before we do anything else, uh, I've got to get it all queued up. I almost forgot about it. We must do the Return of the Jedi Crawl, because without the crawl, we don't even know how to start. We've been doing this with every show. If you want to go back and listen, if this is the only show of ours you've uh, you've come into, we've re-reviewed the last, you know, all the other movies. Yeah. So... Especially the crappy three. Especially the crappy three, which we'll get into when we preview the new movie. Here's the crawl, ladies and gentlemen, for episode six. And if you were with us on episode one, this is significantly better. (laughs) (laughs) 
Luke Skywalker has returned to his home planet of Tatooine in an attempt to rescue his friend Han Solo from the clutches of the vile gangster Jabba the Hutt. Little does Luke know that the Galactic Empire, all caps, has secretly begun construction of a new armored space station even more powerful than the first dreaded Death Star. When completed, this ultimate weapon will spell certain doom for the small band of rebels struggling to restore freedom to the galaxy. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how the conclusion, or what we thought was the conclusion, of the Star Wars trilogy begins. But, I mean, it's not really the conclusion, yeah, we're going to see Force Awakens and everything, but, I mean, this, New Hope, Empire, are the best three, because of the prequels and everything. Yeah, and it's one of those things, it's one of those things, AJ, where you, when we saw this as kids, this was seen as being the, the end of it, right? Like, and, and it has the ending, it has the beautiful moment where they get together and they have the big party and all of that. So this movie, Return of the Jedi, that we're talking about right now, was always billed as the, the finale. And I, for years, was raised to do that. Then they announced the prequels, and those were what they were. But you never right. thought they'd come back to anything after the conclusion. I figured that would live in the novels that I read. Right. I mean, I think we all assumed that Return of the Jedi was the end of Star Wars. Right. Now, if you want to go to the extended universe, we all know that's not true. No, there's... there's I, I was telling my friends about this, that if you want to get into it, there is 25 years, right. actually 40 years worth of stories that they tell, and I don't mean that in real time. I mean, they told the story 40 years out. Correct. When Luke and Leia and Han all had kids, and they right. were in their 30s by the time those stories ended. And then, of course, the mouse comes in and says that no longer counts and we're doing our own expanded universe. Right. But whatever. But the, the mouse and Nadi. The mouse and Nadi. But when we were kids, you, you, it's a satisfying conclusion to the story. That much is certain. It is. I mean, Jedi is that settling movie for the series. Right. And everything. And when you look at it, as, even as a writer, you can kind of feel it's settled. You don't have to go any further. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm very interested about Force Awakens. Like, how's that bridge from Jedi to now? Yeah, that's the most interesting part, I think, coming up in the new movie. But let's not get there yet. The movie Why started- not? We're like feet away. I know that, but we have a promise to our listeners. We said we'd talk about Jedi. Let's at least give it the 25 minutes that it deserves, which will include the anti-Ewok rant by one Nick Sarantos. Listeners, are you ready to bypass us on this? See? That's a resounding. They want to move on. We're alone in the lobby. No one agreed with you except the voices in your head. That's beside the point. Listen, we've had a lot of conversations that go off rails because of the voices in your head, and I don't want that to happen tonight. What's your point? My point is that you need to (laughs) consult with a therapist and work some of this stuff out. Sure. My therapist is Jack Daniels. Well, you know, he's got a name, and when you've known him as long as I have, his name is John. The uh, all right, let's do this. We're going to do this as quick as we can. Movie starts off. We go to Cantina, or we go to Jabba's Palace. We're on Tatooine, and uh, we have the the opening stuff with the Rancor and right. all of that going on to it. We get Han Solo is still frozen in carbonite. Leia shows up with that great undercover. You know, where here's our prison break sequence and all of that. The great battle on the barge. Which here's what I want to talk to you about when it comes to Return of the Jedi. Boba Fett is considered one of the great characters of the Star Wars universe. I think he's overrated. I do, as do I. And his appearances and stuff in 
in those movies, it's abundantly clear that he doesn't do anything. Well, no, because he's just a bounty hunter. And that's what people like about him. There's that, and I think his costume is a big part of it. Of course. But realistically, you watch that movie, and what what does he do in Empire? He, He shows up. He doesn't really fight anybody in Empire. And then in Jedi, he does two offensive maneuvers. He fires a blaster bolt at Luke, right. who then cuts his blaster in half, right. and then he tries to tie Luke up with like some stupid fucking rope, right. and then that's it. And then he gets hit in the back, and he flies into the size of Java's barge, and he falls into the giant space vagina that exists in the desert. What more do you want? I mean, he has a badass outfit, and he's a bounty hunter. That's all you need for Bubble Fett. Well, not only that, I agree with you, and that's... and. and by the way, little trivia. Do you know where Boba Fett made his first appearance? Uh, was not three? Nope, it's not that. <laughs> Boba Fett's first appearance in Star Wars was on the 1978 Star Wars Holiday Special. He was a character created just to be in the background so they could have some more people around. And when they did all of that, the... Uh, it became such a popular character just based on his look and the helmet and everything that that's how right. he became such a popular character. We should let you know, ladies and gentlemen, that the doors have opened, things are going well, and uh, we have uh, the, the chaos is now beginning. We talk about Boba Fett, we're talking about the barge, all of that. What I really want to get into, though, AJ, with you is Jabba the Hutt. Now, as a large man myself, I've been compared to Jabba the Hutt on many different occasions, and it hurts. I'm going to say that's more derogative than, you know, a plus. So, the more we... Karen Luce has been described as that, too, when she was bigger. Right, that's true. And it's, and it's, it's it, trust me, as a large person, it hurts. Because it's an insult that was ready-made in 1983 for all of you. Right. And it became one of those things that got on a life of its own. What does it mean? You know, all that. Your job of the hut. The character, though, is one of the coolest in the history of fiction. I mean, if you really think about it, he's a really cool character. He is. Just the, the, the fact that he's a gangster and he's this giant, obese slug. and He's not really obese. No, it's what he is. You know, and I think that's what I liked about Jedi because this is the first time we're seeing characters like Jabba the Hutt. And so you haven't really seen him move or anything. And so when you see Jabba the Hutt like, just sitting there on that slab with... You know, one of the slaves and Princess Leia and everything. Um, he's just like this menacing character, you know. And then he goes and reaches in that little thing next to him to eat like a frog or something and everything. So, I mean, he's just like a very menacing character, you know. And I think, I feel Jabba the Hutt is an underrated villain in the Star Wars franchise. You do? You think he's underrated? I think he's underrated, even though he's in there for like a very short amount of time and everything. You know, and so um, when you uh, see like Jabba the Hutt, um, I think he is not equal to Darth Vader, but I think he should be having some sort of some sort of equality towards him. You know, we promised special guests. We, we did, and we promised people coming up. Right. What's your name? Sophia. Hi, Sophia. How old are you? Six years old. You're six years old. Are you a big Star Wars fan? Who's your favorite character? Um, Princess Leia. Princess Leia? I love Princess Leia, too. Are you excited for tonight? Yes. Do you like your little toy that you got? Sweet. What is it? It's a little, it's a little jet. 
It's, a, it's an X-Wing. I hope you like it. And also give one to her as well. Thank you so much, Sophia. It was very nice to talk to you. I hope you have fun at the movie tonight. That, ladies and gentlemen, is why we film here live, because we can do stuff like that. We, uh, we're, we're sitting here in the lobby. People are starting to file in, and you were talking about Jabba the Hutt being underrated. I don't know if I would consider him underrated, AJ. I think I would consider him... I think he's rated at about where he belongs. He's the he's like a C villain. He's a C level villain. Oh, I think he's a B villain. You think he's a B villain? You know, even though he's like there for a short amount of time, he has like gravitas. He does. Even yeah. though his story is not told, we all know who he is and what he does. I think he should have at least you know a uh, supporting villain role, if it were. You know? Yeah. I there's. I see what you're saying, and, and listen, his story is very important for Return of the Jedi. Without him, you don't get the plot moving forward right. the way that you would want it to. And he does have the scenes with Leia in the bikini, which, by the way, I want to talk to you about that. We've had, in the last few months, this is the movie where it happens, uh, there's been a lot of controversy around the Leia costume. I saw that movie when I was a kid. It's never been a sexual outfit to me. How about you? No, I mean, when I saw it, I mean, again, we saw it when we were younger, right? Right. So we have no idea about sexuality up to a certain point. Exactly. You know, this is a sci-fi film, so we looked at it purely as a sci-fi movie, you know? Until we probably saw what? Who Framed Roger's Rabbit with the infamous... <laughs> Jessica Rabbit dance number scene. You know, I, over think, the top. I think that's everyone's our age, you know, pinnacle moment of... You hear that boing <laughs> across the world, you know, for in our in our generation and everything. Um, even if I, I I keep watching it, and I still don't have um, that appeal yeah. to quote unquote slave Leia and everything. But like we said before, um, we've seen her in a robe, a white robe. That's it. This is the first time she actually you're seeing skin. Right. And you kind of add that element to sex appeal to Star Wars and everything. And I think that was a good move for the directors and all that to do that because now you're enticing this character. Now you're actually showing this woman who is powerful, like I said before in the Empire Review, that she's a princess. She has gravitas herself. So you're going to make her a slave to kind of diminish her power. But she, that. but she single hand in many ways gains it back in the exactly. in the thing as it goes on, and the more that they uh, the, the more that it it grows in that outfit, the the more it it becomes something that's different. I, what I loved about have you heard the interviews that Carrie Fisher had given recently about it? Some here and there. She she's basically said that anyone who has a problem with it isn't appreciating the way that they do it and the way that they do it is the way that she she fights back right that she's in right. that outfit but she kills the big villain at the beginning of the movie but but that's to the point you know she is a slave and that diminishes her power but then she like you said take it back by choking Jabba the Hutt and everything you know so I mean this is a great scene all the way around, you know, but I think the best scene is when the monster from below, you know, that's my favorite scene of all time. The, you're talking about, as I always refer to it, the sand vagina. 
no, when um, I always forget her name, the the green slave who does a dance number and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she, Jabba didn't like it, so he sends her down below, and they have to fight like this big monster and everything. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's my favorite scene, and when they introduce that character and everything, and then you have Leia actually kill. Is it Leia? Leia yeah, or no, somebody Leia kills him. Kills it. Kills what the Rancor? Yeah. Luke kills the Rancor. Oh, that's right. Luke gets fed to the Rancor because you get that great scene of three people. Oh, Master Luke, you're standing on the Rancor pit in his prissy little British voice. Right. The the, the killing of the Rancor is great. And you have that one moment, by the way, where the, you can tell the guy that trains him is very emotional about yeah. him getting killed, which has always been weird to me. Because like, for a second, I'm like, oh... I feel bad for that horrible Tyrannosaurus Rex creature <laughs> that tried to kill him. Like, it's, it's a weird experience when they do that. And everything that goes on is is great. Ladies and gentlemen, we uh, had to take a pause in the action there to get interviewed, and uh, that's what we wanted tonight. And AJ's trying to figure out what's wrong nah, with us. No, we're good. We're good. Are you sure you're good? Uh, Are you golden? I mean, this is why we do I'm the always gr- golden. Let me tell you something. We promised Gorilla Radio when we started this, and this is about as gorilla as it gets. Exactly. And I look like a gorilla, so it works out. The uh, Where were we? Rancor. Rancors. No, the guy. The guy who feels sad when he dies and he makes it into like a character. It's like, right? why are you making me feel bad about this? It's a horrible T-Rex monster and it's and it's making me sad. It is. The uh, So we got the Rancor pit. Then we go to the, the giant desert vagina that's there. And listen, what why? else do you call that? Why? 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 It's a giant hole in the middle of the sand with teeth. And I, that vagina? Okay, fine. The anus in the sand. The spiked anus. Perfect. There we go. Perfect. So, the... That scene is where we lose Boba Fett. We get the great moment where Leia chokes out Jabba the Hutt. Right. And you have that great... Dun. 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 Done. With the with the Western style close up on right. everybody, and uh, you know the lightsaber goes flying up into the air, and everybody goes nuts. You know, I heard the best description about that whole scene: spaghetti Western. Yes, no, that's exactly what it is. It feels like the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, which, ladies and gentlemen, will be showing here at the Pickwick Theater on January seventh. Well, look at you pubbing this place. Yo, they helped us out a lot. The least we can do is throw them some love. And where are we at again? We are at the Pickwick Theater on Five South Prospect Avenue in Park Ridge, Illinois. And this is a fine, fine theater. The, uh, the artwork here is incredible. It like, is. There's no way we could ever describe it accurately except to say that it feels like a movie house. It is. And, you know, this is, I'm a huge fan of, like, old school movie theaters and everything. AMC is okay, but, I mean, 900, 900 seats, feet from us, you know. Vaudeville was played here in the 20s and stuff like that. Where do you get that in Chicago? The more we... Uh, Getting back to Jedi just for a little bit longer. We'll do like yeah. another 10, 15 minutes tops. But getting ready for, for Jedi, or talking about Jedi, there's. So we have the scene with Jabba and everything, and they, right. and they fly off in different directions. You have that great shot when they're leaving Tatooine, where the Falcon goes left and the X Wing goes right. Yep. And Luke goes to Dagobah for that. Another scene that I feel watching it as an adult, even though it's very important, is kind of a slower. It's like a necessary scene, but it's very slow in comparison to the rest of this movie. Because this movie is a right. battle movie. Like, from the minute it, it starts to the minute it ends, with the exception of the Dagobah stuff, they're at war. Like, there's no messing around in this one. Well, that's why I like about Jedi, Jedi versus Empire, because this is more, from beginning to end, 
nothing but action. Right. Empire, you kind of got some of that, but it did it in pieces, you know. From Cantina to the very end of the credits, it's nothing but action or doing something. No, you're right about that. The, the, the other thing, though, that, I, that I'm curious about with you, for this movie in particular, once we leave Dagobah and we meet up with the fleet, yes. it's basically one scene. It I is. mean, it takes place in different locations, but from that moment on, we're in the final battle between good and evil. Right. Which is what makes Return of the Jedi one of the coolest movies ever made. Correct. It, it's just the action pacing of it is unbelievably good. And... Because we're so busy, we got all this stuff going on. Let's just get to it, buddy. We have the scenes on Endor, which are yep. fine, but they're not. There's nothing really to talk about with them except the chewy grabbing the meat. <laughs> they get caught in that. And I always love how you get the scene where it looks like, "Can you reach my lightsaber?" And Han Solo is like, "He can't reach it." Because yeah, sure, no problem. And then R2 cuts the net. And they fall to the ground, and then they're surrounded. It's time, by the way. Then they're surrounded, ladies and gentlemen, by the worst decision in the ex- in the Star Wars universe. Ewoks. I hate Ewoks. Ewoks I- are cute. Ewoks are annoying, and they they're need to be stopped. No. No. I'd much rather have a village of Ewoks than a village of stormtroopers. Well, that's okay. Well, great. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather live in the United States than in Nazi Germany. What's your point? Wow, that's different. That's no. That's a bad illustration altogether. <laughs> The uh, <laughs> the Ewoks to me are just one of those things that that's when the commercial commercialization of this stuff really got out of hand. True or false? Ewoks are Wookies, but midgets. Yes, true. Because that's the story. You know that, right? Right. For those of you who don't know, the story goes that originally in Return of the Jedi, it was going to be Wookiees fighting that final battle. Correct. And it turned out to be Ewoks so they could sell toys. Exactly. But they're just the kind of thing that just always to me felt like, I'm going to sell toys of this. Right. So, I, I don't know. The battle, though, that we need to talk about to go into Force Awakens is the final fight between... Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, and the Emperor. Yes. When they have that fight, you know, it's it's all business on the ground. It's WrestleMania. It's the main event. It is. And it is one of the best conclusions to a movie I have ever seen. Right. Would you put that up there? Yeah, I would. Like, the, the, the ending of that movie is just... When I watched Harry Potter 7 uh, and the Deathly Hallows, uh-huh. and friends go, did you like it? And I said, yeah, I liked it, but I didn't like the end fight. Right. And they go, why? I said, because the truth is, I grew up with Star Wars, and it should end in a sword fight. Even though they're both magicians, they right. should have physical punches and stuff thrown, and in that movie, it doesn't happen. I can, I can see that point, but you know, we're talking about wizards, not intergalactic no. battles. I get that, but the more I, I think about the ending of Harry Potter in comparison to the ending of Jedi, the ending of Return of the Jedi is just such a... It, it feels like a fight. It feels like this right. is high stakes. This is for everything. And the more you go with that, it, it, it paints the world in this amazingly epic, unbelievable, just battle between two heavyweights, right? Right. You know, this is, I'm a wrestling fan, so this is Stone Cold and The Rock. This is Hogan versus, you know, Andre. Right. They, they build to it, and they build to it over so many different movies, and then finally, it, it, it happens, and you have 
you know, Vader turns to good. They, I don't know, you said you watched the original theatrical, yes. right? Did you, in the special editions, they add in him yelling, no, when he throws the Emperor. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't think that that should happen. No. It's it, it's one of those things that, that bugs me about the special edition. I do think, though, that the special edition effects help Jedi with the space battle. Yes. Now, that space battle is one of those things I watch probably once every couple months. Like, I'll turn on the DVD and just skip to when the Falcon really? goes into that fight. Oh, my God, yeah. Because that's... The Return of the... In Episode 4, which we watched, there that Death Star run is amazing, but right. it's very focused on a single objective because that was the technology storytelling right. that was available to them. Exactly. In Jedi, it's wide open, baby. I mean, they have so many ships and so much stuff going on that it's really great. And I love the Emperor in this movie. He's, he's my favorite part of Return of the Jedi. So he's you like a, Hitler, then? As a character in a movie, yeah. That's why I like it in uh, Inglorious Bastards, when Hitler gets blown away. <laughs> the, 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 having him there, though, with his, all of his dialogue and all those amazing scenes makes that movie feel so much more important than maybe it needs to be. True. His True. performance cancels out the Ewoks, I feel. Well, yeah, I mean, the Ewoks whole thing was not supposed to be, like, sustaining throughout the whole movie. I mean, they're supposed to be there, you're done. Because we only care about Vader and the Emperor, that's it. You know, because, again, we think this is the last movie, you know, because there's this battle between the Emperor and Vader. Yeah. You know, and so you think, oh, this is the conclusion. This is, you know, the resolution that we're all been looking for and everything. But it's not. It's feet that way. Yeah, no, in about, in, in, in less than, a, in a little bit here, we're going to be going in to see everything as it happens. The movie ended with Vader being redeemed, which, for the record, if you blow up a planet, yeah. can you be redeemed? Is there any redeeming you? Probably in an intergalactic sense, you probably could. See, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that you can be redeemed. I don't think that Darth Vader... Why? Can, because you blew up a planet. You don't get to come back from that and go, oh, by the way, I killed the guy who ordered me to do it, so we're cool now. Like, okay, here's my point. We get to the end of the movie. Vader's dying on that ramp. Right. All right. Right. And he goes, tell your sister you were right about me. If I'm Princess Leia, which would be a dramatic, dramatic change in body type. <laughs> if I was Princess Leia and my brother shows up and goes, hey, listen, remember all that stuff we said about that guy? We, uh, uh, yeah, we, uh, all that stuff we said about that guy, all that stuff, horrible stuff he did, yeah, you gotta forgive him, because there was good in him, and it's totally okay that he blew up that planet. Like, what is she gonna say to that? I mean, I guess when I say that, it's because I think there's a logic there. I think by logic, if you think that's not a redeeming quality, then what's the Guardian of the Galaxies are doing? Uh, guarding the galaxy. But you had some of them in certain stories actually blow up their own planet or ally planets and they redeemed themselves from that. Yeah, but I, first of all, I don't think that... Not in the movie. I mean, not in the not movie. Not in the movie, but in the comics. In the comics. Yeah, well, okay. But the thing with comics, and let's be honest, when you have 60 years worth of storytelling, people have done some bad things. Well, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's my whole point. Okay. <laughs> but you also have retconning and people resetting stuff and all of that. And... The more you have 
in this story, he spends two and three quarters movie being the most evil bastard who has ever right. walked the galaxy. Actually, three whole movies, if you want to include the, the heel turn in episode three. Right. Which I love referring to it that way. As a heel turn? As a heel turn. It's a great little Just phrase. Just throw in wrestling references all yep. willy-nilly like that? The, the heel turn and all that, but he's the most evil dude, and now he's supposed to be able to be redeemed? Come on. Come on. I'm just saying, put yourself in Princess Leia's... I am. She, you think she's cool with it? I think she is. I disagree. I disagree entirely. Princess Leia would have never have forgiven Darth Vader for blowing up her home planet. He blows up her home planet. Not her real home planet, but her adopted home planet. But I think she's a little bit more forgiven than Luke is. Oh, I disagree. Oh, wow. That's the vibe you got from those movies? Oh, we fundamentally disagree on those characters. We do. I think that I think that Luke is, is definitely the more forgiving of the two. In part, but he's also impressionable more than Leia is. That's also true. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think Leia's a little bit more level-held because she understands the whole context, whereas what does Luke have? He's a farm boy. Exactly. He's so Jimmy Le- Carter. And Leia, Leia knows... You're going to let that one just sail by? What did you say? He's Jimmy Carter. So Leia is just like... <laughs> Leia, knows, farmer. Leia knows the lay of the land, you know, like that. Yeah. So, I mean... Nice. I mean, Luke doesn't know all this stuff. He's, he's in a foreign town. He doesn't know anything, because as a kid, he's not around the Empire or the Rebels as much. Who is? Princess Leia is. So I think she's a little bit more of a level head and has a little bit of rationale than Luke, because Luke is very impressionable from New Hope to Jedi. Well, that's why I feel that he's more willing to be forgiving than she is. She's a hardline person throughout that whole thing. She's the kind of person... We just had, ladies and gentlemen, a giant Yoda walk by, which is pretty sweet. I know, right? Yeah, I hope he wins the, I hope he wins the talking Yoda. The, the more that we... But honestly, I feel that Luke would be the one that would be more forgiving. I feel it's more within his character to, to do that than Leia's. If you had Luke, Leia, and Han Solo side by side, and you had to rank those three on who's a little bit more forgiving, how would you rank them from most forgiving to less forgiving? Luke most, Han second, Leia third. Really? Yes, Leia's third. I would say the other way around. Leia in the middle and Han Solo less forgiving. We're coming up on it. We're starting to get packed up here. I know. We're going to find out who's more forgiving in about one hour and four minutes, AJ. That's right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do a little preview coming up right now for what we're expecting for the movie. Then we're going to take a break. We're going to go watch the biggest movie of our lives. Yes. And then we're going to come back and review it for you all uh, on this episode. So if you're listening to this episode right now and you've, and you've listened to The Return of the Jedi, be ready for our Force Awakens review. But, AJ, we're an hour away. Yes. yes. What do you want? What needs to happen? What needs to happen? We need to have an actual solid conclusion on some things. I really think that we're going to answer more Han Solo stories in this movie. I think we're going to talk about, you know, who's more forgiving and all that. Um, And I think we're going to see the end of one story, which is Luke, Leia, and Han. And a new story of these new characters that the Mark Ray, Finn, and uh, Poe. Yes. Now, we're getting ready for this. We're going into this. I gotta tell you what I want more than anything else. I want Harrison Ford to commit to the role. 
I've always been going af- to though. Me, I, I think so, but I've always been really afraid of the fact that he would. I've always been afraid of the fact of how he's always spoken about the role of Han Solo, that he wouldn't really be into doing this. And I'm hoping that he is. Ladies and gentlemen, as we're getting ready to go in, I wanted to bring in a couple friends of mine. Dave, you can hear me over the headphones? Correct. All right, get up on that mic. You need to make sweet love to it. Oh, baby. There it is. What needs to happen in the movie tonight for you to be happy? I want to know where Luke has been all this time. That's your big question? And who the new Vader or villain is. Alright. Here's my question to you. Do you think that Luke has turned evil? I want to get this on tape. No. You don't think so? I do not. AJ, is Luke evil? Yes. You think yes? I think no. I think no. I think that he's I think he's the MacGuffin. The 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 thing that they go to search for. He's what drives the plot. I think that the movie, the last act of the movie is all about Luke, but I don't think you're going to see him until the very end. And by the way, I'm sorry, I have to interrupt you for one second, AJ. Something just happened that you need to know about. I just realized, I've been very stressed out. You've all seen it all day long, everything that's going into this. I just realized that I just said that in less than an hour, I'm going to I'm watching Star Wars, man. Like on the big screen. I, I, on the big screen with everyone that I love. This is incredible. I just I know it sounds weird that it like just hit me, but we're about to wrap up and start getting ready to go in. And ladies and gentlemen, I just went from a 10 to a 40. <laughs> I mean I need to drink one. I'm sorry, AJ, you were gonna say something else. So we were just saying, you know, who's more forgiving us character, Luke or Leia? I mean, in your view... Let me set it up for you. We were saying that when, when Vader dies on the ramp, right? Tell your sister you are right. He, play through the next 20 minutes of Luke's life. He goes down to uh, Endor. They have the Ewok tea party. And then he goes up to Leia and goes, By the way, you know how he blew up your planet? You need to forgive him. Because he went good at the end. Do you think she forgives him? No. I don't no, either. No. She's... I, I don't know. She's a diplomat, but I don't think she's that forgiving. He nailed it. She's a diplomat. You didn't think of that. Don't take credit for his idea. I knew it all along. Your sad devotion to wow. stealing ideas hasn't helped you conquer more ranks or given you clairvoyance enough to arrange an event like this. Wow. So, going back on the whole forgiving thing, my dad has a huge <laughs> You want to choke me with the force? Not yet. He has a huge issue with all of a sudden Vader being in there with Obi-Wan and Yoda at yeah. the end. He's like, that all of a sudden because he turns good at the very end? No, I'm with him on that. Murder yeah, like, and- planet killing. He kills a planet. You don't get to come back from that. Right? Like, that. I don't know. The whole movie is very forgiving towards Vader at the end of it. Let's be honest. Yeah. The... But then, how can you answer if Luke is uh, evil or not? Because well, if he's not, if he's not forgiving, therefore he's not evil. If he's forgiving, if he's forgiving, he's not evil. I, I want to. I'm sorry to interrupt, Emily. There's a little kid out there in costume. Can you give him one of those X wings? Thank you. We've been doing this all night. I actually, uh, the gentleman who I think him. I found you a new podcast uh, listener for life. He came up and asked me how much I wanted for my Vader mask. And I'm like, I got it at Target, like, you know, it's probably five bucks. And he's like, no, I'm here now, like, that's a pretty cool mask. I'm like, all right, find me after the movie and I'll just give it to you. And he's like, oh, man, really? I'm like, yeah, it's the Star Wars thing. It's about giving yeah, and right? forgiving. And forgiving. <laughs> wow. All right, AJ. He's stealing ideas. We hit the 40-minute mark. 
We've got about another go. half an hour worth of show to do, but yeah. we're not doing that for another two and a half hours, baby. No, we're not. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Nick Sorrentos. I am the editor-in-chief, host, Grand Poobah, and evil Sith Lord of the Chicago Podcast Network, joined live and in person by my good buddy, AJ Signeri. AJ, say momentarily goodbye. Momentarily bye, people. Momentarily bye, people. Dave, dressed as Darth Vader. Can I say one thing to both of you? Yes. Congratulations, guys. Oh, oh, thank you. But no, it took a lot of it took a lot of people to make this happen. And thanks to your girlfriend and my my two best friends, Emily and Laura, who have been handing out raffle tickets online. So we're doing really well on that too. We're gonna have a lot of new subscribers tonight, ladies and gentlemen. This is it. This is that moment. We're pausing it. We're walking into the damn theater, and we're gonna go see Star Wars: The Force Awakens. That's right. Can I get an amen, brother? Amen. Amen. There it is. All right, guys. This is it. This is your final warning. From this moment on in the podcast, we give you spoilers. There's a lot of them, and there's a lot that you may not want to know until you've seen this film. So if you're listening to this before you've seen the movie. Turn off the podcast, it'll save your spot, go watch the movie, come back, and listen to our initial reactions. I imagine they're very similar to yours. Enjoy. Well, AJ. Oh my God. How you feeling? Oh, what was that? I feel like I got hit by a Mack truck of emotion. Oh, there's a lot of things going on with that movie. Uh, well, everyone who's walking out has seen it, so let's just get spoilerific. Let's start with the big one. I'm very sad. I'm actually going to cry. Han Solo is dead. I know. I don't want to live in a world where that happens. Luckily, I don't live in that world. Why get rid of Han Solo? I, I don't know. I don't know. But all I know is that it, that movie... All right, we watched all of those prequels. We watched all of them. And not, and not a single one of them hits that console die. That's right. You're damn right. The, uh, the, the story in this one fit, is such the logical progression. Right. And it, it was so good. And I was writing our pre-show prediction. He was the MacGuffin. Luke was the MacGuffin. He was. And it, that, that movie was fantastic. Fantastic. I loved it. There's a lot of things in that movie that you saw a lot of Return of the Jedi, you saw a lot of the New Hope in there, not a lot of Empire. And that's what I liked about Force Awakens, because you had a, the best elements of New Hope and Jedi. Yeah, you're right. The more I, I was into that movie, like it was it was weird. It is in many ways a beat for beat of episode four. Right. But there's also a lot of um, I don't even know how you put it, just kind of the new twists on stuff. I love, by the way, John Boyega as Finn. Right? He was unbelievably good. He that was really so good. good. <laughs> Thank you. The, the the whole experience was just the. It was everything I ever wanted that movie to be. But what this movie did was it actually extended what Return of the Jedi was. It's action packed. There was Tie Fighters flying. There was gun shooting. But here's my problem. What's your problem? How come when they build a Death Star, a planet, it's the same damn formula? You go right into the center <laughs> of the building. Did they not learn a few times around that you just don't do that? Well, listen, the structural engineers of the Empire apparently are really big on giving people something to shoot at. Well, go to MIT, go to Harvard, something. Go to Apple. Go to Apple. I'm just that, saying, that works. if it was Apple, there wouldn't have even been a way to get through it. Now, was it just me, or did, like, you know, the, the order kind of look like you see something out of 
Nazi Germany or North Korea or it's like, oh. I'm like, what was <laughs> well, the, 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 the one-armed salute was very was very much the uh, the Nazi salute. I mean, the whole thing just kept on happening. And the, the more I watched it, the more I enjoyed it. We are joined now by one of my good friends, uh, Josh. Those headphones aren't hugged up, man. Just talk. How you doing? Doing good, man. What'd you think? Nick, I gotta tell you, this was one of the best jobs I could have imagined Disney doing. And, you know, I saw an interview recently where George Lucas was even saying, you know, I don't know how it's gonna be. I wash my hands of this. You know, I know it'll be different than what I would have done, but this was just hands down incredible. I, I really was not disappointed at all. Did you cry? Huh? Did you cry when he died? I, I could see it coming, but... So, so mentally I prepared myself, but just to see it, I, what really made me upset was that he died in such a pathetic way. I mean, he's Han Solo. They should have done something a little bit more cool, like but, uh, cut what? the head off. I mean, Darth Maul had a better death, I thought, you know? Well, you don't want him to have a violent death. That would have, I was, If they had given him a violent death, I would have cried for three days. <laughs> I mean, let's go back to the same themes again. Han Solo died the same way. Yeah. Later, I'm like, I'm like, again, what was this formula? I mean, J.J. Abrams knows better, and I loved it, what J.J. Abrams did with this whole move and everything, but, you know, mix it up a little bit, you know, not die on a platform that you don't know how deep that is. Yeah. Do something different. But don't you think that kind of evokes, like, it's supposed to kind of get you into that mindset that this is the moment where something bad happens? Like, that's kind of the point of doing it in that kind of setting. I guess. Yeah, I, I can see that. Also, I feel like this whole movie was just sort of like based around nostalgia. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that played right into that whole thing. You know, everything was tying in. You know, it, it's almost like you can tell that this was really the, the pivot point for the new generation of Star Wars fans, you know? Well, I think it actually, you know, it celebrated what Star Wars is supposed to be but also drive home that this is J.J.'s Star Wars. We're done with Lucas, and now we're moving towards Definitely. something better, you know? Definitely. You can see his fingerprints all over it. Oh, God, yes. I'm happy to live in Star Trek and all that. Of, of course. Uh, we are now joined by Carrie Corcoran, who is going to give us her thoughts. I it's thought amazing. that it was surprisingly funny. Yes. I'm expecting that. I'm wondering if it's going to be as well-received by the general population, because Star Wars, to me, was not like very funny and cheesy. No, but it had some great jokes. Great. Anybody else want to step up and say what they thought? Laura? It was all I wanted it to be. There you go. No, wait, 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 wait. wait. This is your Doctor Who fan, right? No, that's not. She's, that's her. But hold on, Kristen. My sister, I want her to speak for a second. because She's not the biggest (laughs) fan in the world of Star Wars. but I'm I'm not sure why you want me to speak. What'd you think? It was good. I miss Yoda. Oh. 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 And R2-D2 was only in it for like 10 seconds, so my two favorite characters were not exactly in it, so I'm not, I mean, it was, you did awesome. Oh, well, thank you, but I'm, uh, <laughs> we're not talking about me, we're talking about the damn movie. I know, movie. but I, I really like, it was good, yeah. I miss Yoda and R2-D2, All right. Let's see who else we got in the gallery. Paul, you're wearing a Yoda shirt, what you got for me, buddy, what'd you think? Yoda too. Um... Sad that Yoda wasn't in it, but... <laughs> I'm disappointed that Yoda wasn't in it, but... Right. What else? What'd you think? Uh, it was amazing. Yeah. It, I don't know how it could have been any better, honestly. It, it, it's, it's everything I wanted it to be. We, uh, Want to go see it again right now at Golf Mill? 
What's that? Want to go see it again right now? We can go watch it again. Oh my god! Yeah. My eyes hurt so much. I don't think I blinked once. Oh, uh, me either. <laughs> Which, how'd you feel about Han? Um, sad, but I pretty much had figured that's the way it was gonna go. Really? Yeah. Yeah, especially that scene when it was just him and his son. I, I guess, but I mean, I thought something was gonna happen, not a death. Yeah, that probably wishful thinking. Right. I don't know. <laughs> All right, I want to get. Uh, my dad, so move your chair up, and Mr. Zerngable, where's he at? Laura, where's Mr. Zerngable? Get him over here. Get him over here. Now, we are joined, AJ, by two gentlemen who saw the movie, the original 1977 Star Wars, hold it right up to your mouth, in 1977 in the theater. What did you guys think of the movies? Dad, I'll start with you. I'm over Star Trek fans, you know, but the technology is so much better than it was back then. Although back then, we were blown away by all the technology. And the storyline was great, I have to admit. Uh, so it, I can see they have to move on and pass it. And I have a prediction for the next one. I have a feeling what's going to happen there. What's but that? I think Mark Hamill gets it. You think he dies? I think so. They're going to move on. Some Star Trek has. They all move on with the, with the uh, franchise. But I really enjoyed as far as the, the, the technology came. It's so much better than what was it, 40, 30, 30 years ago, I believe. And I had to admit that was 30 years ago. Yeah, that was good. Uh, Did you like it? Yeah, the other thing, I, I was very surprised that they killed off Hans Sayer. How'd you feel about that? Uh, that was... Did it get you in the gut a little bit? Yeah, little, yeah like him. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it kind of, uh, yeah, if they were going to do that, I'm surprised they didn't do it. You know, later. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but they they did. It felt a little rushed, but knowing what you know about Harrison Ford and his whole thing and being an angry man on interviews, oh yeah. But I I, I thought that the movie. I I really I'm curious though with you guys in particular. You guys kind of saw that original trilogy when it was on. Have do you feel that this is a good progression of that story? Yeah, I think so. Uh, a little bit. Uh, you, know, you had another uh, bar scene like you did. Uh, a lot of it seemed a little bit kind of a, a, a remake of some of it, but still not bad. Not bad. And the technology was good. I thought the bar scene was also, uh, that's exactly what I thought was in the first movie, and it was kind of funny at the same time. And I thought the progression was actually very good. And you got you kind of move on. It had, to me, it had the same feel. Now we're trying to figure out what the girls, who the, uh, who's the parents of that girl then. I, I think it's going to be Luke. Possibly, yes. yes. And, you know, and, uh, you can see where the, uh, the the little lady character, the little orange lady, yeah. they didn't kill her off. I'm kind of curious to yeah, I think, I think they don't. The new Yoda. Yeah. The new Yoda. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. I want to get some other people. Pat and Nicole. These are my roommates. I live with these people. Nicole, get on the radio. Get on the radio. No worries. Only give me a couple minutes. Okay. I'm sorry, AJ. I'm just going around the room. Yeah. All right. So, you have suffered through with me the entire saga. How do you feel about this movie now? This is the only one I stayed awake for. So, this is my favorite. <laughs> this is a good one. <laughs> What'd you think, Pat? Good. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's still badass. And he'll be back in more cool and in robot suit next time. Uh, I just want to ask you guys both this question. How did you feel about Han? 
I sort of looked scared for you to see the audience. I was crying. I cried. The sense that was coming when they were there. The point was for my father when they were setting up the I was worried that Chewie was going to go too, but I was glad we got no. Okay. Yeah, I think Han Solo, he, he, he kind of knew that he had to go. And I was sad to see him go, but. It, he gets killed, yeah, absolutely. Alright, let me see who else I can pull over here. Thank you guys so much. Awesome. <laughs> Y'all, we're going to get her now. Lauren, come over here. Just hold it right up to your mouth. Yeah. So, the Supreme Leader, did he not look like the Cyclops? Oh my god, he did! Okay, actually, not only did I think that he looked like the Silence, when they were going into hyperdrive, um, was that not an intro to Doctor Who? See? Yes. There's nothing to all Yeah. I felt there was a lot of Doctor Who, and I felt there was a lot of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So that's why I think when J.J. Abrams did best, I saw the Supreme Leader, I'm like, this has to be in the influence of... You know, Doctor Who and everything. There's some fellow yeah. elements. I'm like, I'm sorry. That was a sign. <laughs> that was. <laughs> what was Go ahead. So, what did you think of it overall? Overall, it was fantastic. I'm. I, I chose not to see those other three ones in the right. middle. That those don't exist in my world. Right. Um, but this was fantastic. A lot of tear jerkers. I mean, I didn't cry because I know Saul. I know Saul. All right, guys, that was our big podcast. Uh, sorry for some of the technical difficulties. When you do it live, you're gonna have issues. Other than that, I hope you guys enjoyed our show. I hope those of you who came out had a great time. Find us on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network, Twitter, Chi Town Podcast, and you can find us uh, at Gmail, Chicago Podcast Network at gmail.com. Thank you everybody for coming out. I hope you had a wonderful time. I know I did. Cannot believe that that man died. I am very upset, but the movie was fantastic. I hope you all loved it as much as I did. Thank you for listening. We out! It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it.